You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Hello there, listeners. You are listening to This and That podcast coming from Podcast Land Studio. You have your co-host, Brenda, better known as Miss Brenbren. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. And we are excited to be with you for our 31st edition of our free and increasingly popular podcast. That's absolutely correct. This is episode 31. It is October the 12th, 2019. Yes, and it is a beautiful day outside Podcast Land Studio. Very excited, as I mentioned, to be with you again so we can talk about everything that's anything. Our free eclectic podcast that can be found everywhere you listen for podcasts or download them. Some of those places are our home base of SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and a whole lot more. Again, it's available just about anywhere you listen to podcasts or download them, etc. We're also available on all Alexa-powered voice-assisted devices and smart speakers. And as we always tell you, what's really exciting about our podcast is it's available on demand. So you can listen to it anytime, anywhere. That is correct. And right now, as you alluded to, we are available in, or listened to rather, in five continents across the planet. Yes, five of the seven continents. Right. We're still pushing for the other two. Which happens to be Australia and and Antarctica. Antarctica. So if any of our listeners happens to know of anyone in Australia or in Antarctica, be sure and tell them to check us out. And if you know of anyone who has never listened to our podcast, again, share with them and let them know that we are available because whether you have listened to us from the very beginning and you listen to us episode after episode, or if this is your first time, or you're somewhere in between, we thank you for listening. Right, and I'm still pushing to get somebody in low Earth orbit on the International Space Station to listen since they do have internet. So if you know any astronauts, cosmonauts, etc., anyone who works at NASA, uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, Johnson Controls, European Space Agency, I don't care, just Contact them, tell them about this and that, send them a link or have them go out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and give us a listen. We are excited to have folks listening to us from just about anywhere in the world. And so let's give a shout out to some of the locations that are listening to us here in the United States or internationally. So starting here in the U.S. in the United States, shout out to Fairfield, Ohio, Latonia, Kentucky, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Morrisville, Pennsylvania. And when we go internationally, Stockholm, Sweden, Bandung, Indonesia, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and Kotonoi, Benin. Now again. Those are just some of the locations that are listening in, but we want to have even more. So again, please share with folks where we are available and that you're listening to us and um, tell them to check us out. Exactly. Like and subscribe, drop us a comment, and send us email. And if somebody wanted to drop us a comment or send us email, where would they do that? They would send the email to 
This and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, all nine characters together, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Now let's talk about what we're going to cover on our 31st edition of This and That. Well, before we do that, and I know I probably messed you up going out of order, let's give a shout-out to the men and women of the U.S. military oh, yeah, throughout I can, the world. I will, we can't I would, that. I would not overlook that, won't forget that, because of the men and women in the, the U.S. military, whether they're here in the U.S. or whether they're located internationally, Thank you so much for your service. Right, and that extends to their um, military dependents as well as all the civilian support groups that are out there at home and abroad. And we also want to say thank you to our first responders as well. Exactly, police, fire, 911, and so on. So now can we talk about what we're going to cover today? Absolutely. Because I'm really I know you're excited. Really excited. About yeah, this one. you're jumping ahead because you are. But um, this is our inaugural uh, culture, culture and Heritage edition of the This and That podcast. So this is Culture and Heritage edition uh, numero uno. And to kick things off, we are going to take a very Quick peek, small slice of the ADOS heritage. ADOS, for those who don't know, African descendants of slaves. Specifically, we are going to discuss the ring shout and ring shouting and uh, things that have um, descended from that. And we are specifically going to talk with the Geechee Gullah ring shouters. And if you want to know more about that, well, you're just going to have to listen further. Yep. We're going to talk to a group that is continuing the tradition of their ancestors. In the words of the Geechee Gullah Ring Shouters, you must always remember and never forget, hatred is not to be taught, but heritage is to be preached. Remember and never forget. So, David, are you ready to get going? Yeah, let's just jump into it. Okay, on with episode 31. Listening to This and That with David and Brenda. David, are you familiar with ring shouting? I've heard the term. Well, you know how we like to share information with our, our listeners. We have on the phone with us Griffin Lotson, who's with the Geechee Gullah Ring Shouters, and he's going to share with us about ring shouting and how they embrace, preserve, and protect the culture and heritage of their ancestors. All right, that sounds awesome. Welcome to the show, Griffin. Well, thank you, guys. I certainly appreciate you allowing me to share not only the ring shout, but our culture, and thank you so much. So, Griffin, uh, this is Brenda, and like I said at the intro, um, we're going to talk about ring shouting. So, the very first question... What is ring shouting? Okay, well, I have to let the audience know this up front. Ms. Brenda is from my area where the ring shout is very famous, and now it has made itself uh, around the world and throughout America and, and other areas. The ring shout uh, is the name itself kind of describes it from the history books. For others, for us, it was a part of our culture going back to the... Uh, enslaved days here in America. And the ring shout is basically a group of people singing, and when they sing, they go counterclockwise 
with a dance. And mostly the songs that they sing with the ring shout is from uh, a religious type of song. And uh, it has its birth on the plantation. And uh, the phrase I use, I never shall forget, I was in West Africa doing BBC News, and I said, we're the only culture in America that has its beginning out of something called slavery. So the ring shout was within uh, the enslaved days, and outside observers saw these people making loud noises, shouting, so there's the term shouting, and they were dancing this ritual dance. So that's how it's beginning, religious song. Uh, dancing and singing loudly. So you've said that there's, um, you've gone worldwide. Could you speak some more about that? Yeah, what we did, which uh, I feel privileged, uh, you know, as I get older, you want to do things beyond just trying to help yourself. Uh, the ring shout actually originated in West Africa. And so from the West African tradition of dance and song, uh, they brought it over, uh, of course, on the enslaved ships. It's not practicing it on the plantation. So uh, having said uh, that part of it, we went back to West Africa many, many, many years later, and this is a beautiful podcast you have here because we went back there January. We've been there several times before. So we contacted the West African friends that I had partnered with and worked with the government, and nearly 300 years history, for the first time, we connect America back to its original place, West Africa, and we conducted a ring shout for the first time in nearly 300 years, BBC World News, uh, a morning show got involved in it, and it was it was just wonderful. I mean, people came out. It was it was like, wow, I didn't expect that. Maybe about 20, 30 people. We must have had anywhere from 500 to 1,000 people participated in that, government officials and this regular citizen. Oh, that is really exciting. Now, where in West Africa were you? In particular, this was West Africa, Sierra Leone. And we did it in a city called Freetown. Wonderful. And you said there were anywhere from 500 to 1,000 people that participated? Yes, they were. And, and you may not know this, but the West Africans are very proud to know that their lost ancestors um, are in America for the connectionists. Just think of you have a sister or brother, a great-grandfather, and you finally found out where they uh, from or you never knew, and now the connection is there. Uh, another famous family, which is the Moran family, Amelia Dolly, there was a connection there with a song, and that's been proven now. Uh, it is, well, it's actually known in, wow, many different countries, probably a third of the universities in America, the show doing uh, uh, African-American uh, month, Black History Month, or just the culture of the Gullah Geechee's and African-American, uh, the language you cry in, and because it shows the first connection of uh, where the Gullahs and the Geechee's came from, first connection. And the ring shout, of course, is the same thing where dance routine came from, connected. You mentioned certain songs and all. I, I understand that there's a connection between uh, the ring shout and the the song Kumbaya. Is that correct? Oh, that's that's correct, and I can take all of your time up with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, there is a direct uh, contact with that, and I'll give the short version of it is, uh, and it's in a book, the first book ever written in the world of Kumbaya. That sounds strange because over a billion people all over the world know the song, have heard the phrase, literally, and no one has ever written a book. So we were tasked to write that book. We were working with the Library of Congress since uh, 2011, and a friend of mine basically said, Griffin, here's some material from the Library of Congress. Can you do some research? Brenda, you would like this a little bit because you're from my hometown. And they said, well, here are some lots and 
Do you think this has anything to do with the license here in Darien or Mackinac County? Of course, I did not know. And my first research was, well, look up my own family. That was more exciting to me than uh, Kumbaya or the Waka Mona song that I talked about, which was the, uh, the language Ukrainian predicted that. So I looked up my own family and found out that, wow, in 1926, they did some recordings. And uh, believe it or not, from Carnican, Georgia, they did it. And it, it, it just is amazing because no one ever talked about that. Yeah, that it is amazing. History. Yeah, it lost in history. So fast forward, I befriend the Library of Congress and could prove that I was a descendant. Uh, first, I had to pay for everything and almost give blood to prove I was a descendant of the Dalmatici, <laughs> African-American. Then once they found out I had some knowledge of taking it further, they gave me an official letter and they turned me loose. I didn't have to buy anything. I've got all of Lorenzo Dow Turner. He was an African-American linguist that did a lot of history on the Gullahs and the Geechee. So I've got everything that he ever recorded uh, in our area. So the end of the story is I got a copy of the recording, listened to it, and said, oh, my God. They didn't know what the man's full name was. They said H. Wiley. And they said, we're not quite sure where it was recorded. And uh, Robert Winslow Gordon, before he was the first folklorist of the United States, they weren't even sure where he lived. So through my research from 2011 up until this point right here, we found out what the guy's first name was. We also found out exactly where the guy that recorded it, uh, where he recorded it at. And we opened up a whole new window. So it's been official in the state of Georgia. Uh, first uh, historical song. Congressman recognized it on Capitol Hill in Washington. We have a full entourage there. And a book is coming out. So, yes, it is directly connected to America. We know that now. The oldest known recording in the world. Drum roll, can you believe it? Uh, less than 10 miles from where uh, Miss Host Brenda uh, lived. That is unbelievable. There. I, I love talking about it, so. <laughs> so does that That's mean that I can be signing or autographing some books? <laughs> Well, you're famous because you were birthed into the culture that uh, you can claim ownership. That is a proven fact now uh, that the first known recording in the world was in a little old town, little old county of McIntosh County and little city of Darien, Georgia. And trust me, you can check with the Library of Congress now and, and uh, BBC News, New York Times. I couldn't believe it. New York Times even called it a little old country boy. We gave them a full accord. Well, that is that is awesome. Thanks for that research. Absolutely. You, I lived long enough to complete it because we did a lot of oral interviews, which the Library of Congress never did that because we knew the local people. Um, so we started doing oral interviews, finding out more information and researching like crazy. Because me knowing it was recorded in Darien, Georgia, and I know the guy's first name, and I say this out loud, the reason why I knew where he was from, and for 90 years plus, nobody knew where he was from that, that sung the song. Nobody knew what his first name was besides H. Wiley, which is in all of the Library of Congress material they had out there. I listened to it, and he spoke in the Geechee Gullah or Gullah Geechee. They're both really the same. And I listened to it, being that I'm Geechee, come here this show that day, you know, we talked that way, like we from the island side, so I just tried to sing my words down to make people think I'm not uh, Gullah and Geechee when I speak outside of my community. But I heard the guy singing, and like the hair stood up on my arms, I'm like, oh my God, his first name is Henry. We don't know where he's from. He said he was from, from Darien, Georgia, but he said it in the dialect. Well, just imagine someone would speak to me. Um, I would say, okay, I don't know the, from Japan, the Japanese, uh, I don't know their language at all. In America, they didn't know what he was saying. I heard it. It was plain as day. So then what we did is that that's great you know lots and that's not going to take you anywhere because everybody is 
him to Elvis, and they saw Elvis last week, and nobody believed him. So that's where it took me so long. I had to show proof. So years right. of research, and uh, we were able to sell it, and it worked. So for our podcast listeners, how would you say that in the um, Gullah dialect? How would you say uh, yeah. what you just okay. said, the, the, the name of the song? Word, yeah, and I can answer both. I think it might be another question behind it. The original words was not kumbaya. The original words was not come by here. So what I teach now is starting from the beginning. I'll be in Florida uh, presenting the book and teaching them the original words and tying it up with the other two uh, form of songs that was developed later. First in 1926, and, and, and of course, it was just recorded in 1926. You can go back further uh, in time. But 1926, it was simply, come by ya. Come by ya. And he would sing it a little bit like that. Come by ya, my Lord, come by ya. Come by ya, my Lord, come by ya. Come by ya, my Lord, come by ya. Oh, Lord, come by ya. The reason why I said it in that pitch and sung it exactly with the pitch he said uh, is because we want to be true, accurately to history. So it was come by ya. Then the hymn books got a hold of it in the 30s, uh, and it became come by here. In the 50s with the folklore, you know, uh, John Baez, Peter Siegel, and folks in Australia and all over, uh, they started singing Kumbaya, which sounds more African, but uh, in actuality was some missionaries went to like Angola, and they were teaching them the song Come By Here from the hymn book, Christian hymn book, okay? The missionaries were trying to just teach them how to sing Come By Here. With their accent and uh, the way they talk, like, you know, I talk a little different because this is my my accent that I have, as all cultures have, you know, different accent. And then it was told to the world that, oh, it was from Africa. No, it wasn't from Africa. Missionaries took it there and they sung it. And it, now you have the birth of Kumbaya, which made it more famous. So in that order is how it changed in time. Wow. That was this fascinating story. Can't wait for the, the book to come out. Do you know when? Actually, it's ready now, almost ready, but it's got to go to print. And what's the name of the book going to be? Wow, you can guess it in one word. (laughs) If I had a million dollars, you would win the million dollars. Okay, well, I guess I will not be um, trying to win a million dollars because I I figured out the name of the book, and um, you're saying it's going to, it's already going to be available as soon as um, printing is done. That's it. Okay. You've got it. So with, Kumbaya. So, we didn't want to flower it and add anything to it. It should be pure. So we just simply left it that way. Now, do you think the printing and availability will be by the end of 2019 or early 2020? Oh, it'll be 2019. We have done everything, and I'm excited about it. I've met a friend of mine. Uh, the last time I went to West Africa, I invited them to train them, their young people, how to do the ring shout in, in Sierra Leone, Freetown. And uh, they had written a book. And that another light came on. I'm like, wow. The ring shout began in West Africa. Why don't we print this book, which it was an African-American Gullah from uh, enslavement uh, on the coast, Henry Wiley, um, that uh, sung the song, why don't we contact a publisher in Africa? So purposely, uh, I contact a publisher there and a publisher here in America that this would be the first printing would come from both of those continents, um, uh, and the rest is history. That's almost finished in Africa. It is finished here in America. I've got my copy. Uh, just to look at and see is everything okay. And then, of course, it's going to go to the Library of Congress because all we did, i give you the punchline, is why don't tell the story 
of how you did all of the research. So that's the backdrop of it is that, look, it may not be a fancy reader. Uh, we put some flowers in there, but basically from day one, how did we get it to be recognized worldwide officially? And so we tell that story throughout the whole book and mention everybody named that we could because we didn't want to be selfish that laid a hand into it, including the lady, uh, which was non-African-American, a white friend of mine. She was the one that gave me the piece of paper in 2011 because we had just came back from Washington, D.C., setting the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest ring shout uh, in the world. And we did that through London, England, but we did it in the uh, Guinness Book of Records from London, and we did it in Washington, D.C. So we like telling the truth, the whole truth, not that I thought of it, and, and I'm the only one. No, for history's sake, give every fact and stay closest to the truth as you can. Let's take a quick break here, a little bit from the Geechee Geller Ring Shouters. Now give me two wings, two wings, to have my faith. Now give me two wings, two wings, yeah. Now give me two wings, two wings, to fly Let's hear the final part of our interview with Griffin Lotson, performer and manager and also researcher of Geechee Gullah culture and a member of the Geechee Gullah Ring Shouters. The Ring Shout itself has a lot of connections to just about every African-American music form, like jazz, the blues, etc. Yes, and uh, thank you for, for even, I see you've done some research. I actually recorded, I was with my daughter, she's in the military, and uh, I was watching that television, she turned it on for me, and there was the maestro himself, Q, Quincy Jones, which powerful worldwide, and he was talking about one of the young hip-hop guys, and he said, well, you know where hip-hop came from, you know where the music came from? He said, well, out of the Bronx, you know, <laughs> he said... H no man, these <laughs> other words. <laughs> he said, "Man, it came from those ring shouts and uh, from from Africa." And I had never known he had said that. And my eyes lit up, and I immediately 
did more research. I had heard of another person saying that if you want to talk about music in America and root music in America, it started with the ring shout. Why do you say that? Uh, well, the Europeans came over here. They brought their own music, okay? London, Scottish, and all of that. We were forced over to America, and we used some of our ring shout, which was from Africa, and we adopted the Christian religion. There was no Christians when they first came home, no. Uh, some Muslim, pagan religions, yeah. But Christians, no. We were taught the Christian religion, kind of forced it, and, and uh, of course you have to learn it because the plantation owners were Christians, okay? And the rest is history with that. So I love what Quincy though says, that you're talking about African-American music. The birth was on the plantation. I mean, you got rhythm and blues, jazz, bebop, right on up to soul to now the new uh, music out there. I'm kind of old, so uh, I guess it's rap. I don't know if something else has went beyond that in my time. But all of it has its beginning, and because of this uh, podcast, I want to give a shout-out to everybody that's listening that we need to give homage to where it first began for the music in American music and in African-American music. That is thought on those plantations from the ring shout, believe it or not. That is very interesting history because I don't think anybody would have ever said that rhythm and blues or jazz goes that far back to the plantation and ring shouting. And it, and it brings up one of my pet peeves about Black History Month, that Black History Month always seems to you know, center around the Civil Rights Movement. And there's so much more to African-American yes, history it's, and culture it's than rich. civil rights or the Harlem Renaissance before that, very, as, as very this conversation you know, entails. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I made that comment. But, you know, I'm a small voice, but most every African-American of age know Quincy Jones. They'll believe Quincy Jones before they believe me. I would say that. (laughs) So I use the big names like Quincy Jones that, look, he give homage to it. I wish every African-American singer that has made those millions would give homage to the beginning. And we've been doing pretty good with the Gala Ring Shouters. Uh, we have performed for the Vatican, uh, the Polk. Uh, like I said, the BBC World News came out of London, England, and did a full uh, presentation on the Ring Shout uh, and, and all interviews. And you name it, uh, who's, I can just, I, now it's beginning to catch on. Uh, this week I was in Carolina doing something for Netflix. Okay, and the list goes on and on. The Ring Childers, uh, I'm just a part of Ring Child, but we did something for Next Life. Nearly every major network now, almost all, even uh, uh, CNN, Kamal Bell, uh, we had to educate him. And he shocked us with ship. <laughs> he opened with us and closed with us. We never saw that coming because of the rich history. So you guys keep pushing it out there. Everybody needs to give homage to where it all began. And all those rich folks that made a lot of money, they can spend five seconds and say, look, we're going to give you the beginning of everything that was here long before us, our ancestors. Now, oh, yeah. that's, that's one of my dreams, that they would give credit to it. Yeah, well, Not to me, because I wasn't alive back then, but to give homage to the music. We'll do our small part in that. And speaking of shout-outs, you all got a shout-out from the the uh, U.S. Poet Laureate. Oh, my God. Tracy K. Smith. That was, ooh. Yeah, we, uh, heard, we heard about that. Yes, and I actually was, and I think I told you, friend, I was in Ohio not too long ago. Uh, they invited me there, which that was a big shock. And they're doing, and which I could never comprehend this. It took me about a year and a half to figure out, how do you do an opera? of Gullah Geechee culture. I mean, I couldn't wrap my head around it, but that's what they're doing. They're doing it. Now, now not to interrupt interrupt you, Griffin, but we know what you're talking about before our audience. The um, uh, Cincinnati Opera 
is there's an opera that's going to be based off of the poem that the U.S. Poet Laureate, based off of the uh, ring shout, and specifically she gave a shout out dedicated it to the Geechee Geller ring shouters. So I'm sorry, I just wanted to give the background for, so people know what we're talking about. Yes, thank you. We did not see that coming. And when we were dining just about a month ago there, I told, because I like just giving the real history. So many people are trying to narrate the history to convince people. I decided with the rest of my life, no, I'm not going to narrate it. I'm just going to give it raw. And because it's the truth, number one. And number two, I don't need to try to change history to make anybody believe me anymore. So I'm glad I've lived long enough to do something like that. But when we met them, they met in Darien, Georgia. They came down, people from the University of Connecticut, which has been documenting us for since 2000, uh, yeah, 2011. And uh, so they've been documenting us. We've been doing performance for the University of Connecticut for a long time. And they brought these people down. I'm in the room having lunch, talking about as geeky as I am now, committed to that thing, not quite that bad, but... I had not a clue who all they brought down. And they asked for a performance. So I told the group, I said, well, they want us to perform. I don't think there's any money in it or anything. But I said, these are friends of ours that have been supporting us for a long time. Uh, let's do it. So we, I met with them privately in a restaurant, talking to all these people in the room. And then we performed for them. And after it was over, everybody shook hands. And my God, we found out this lady was the port Lord did not know. So you did and not know beforehand? None of us knew. Oh, Some wow. Of the group, <laughs> they were talking about doing an orchestra, and they were mentioning people coming down. And I was busy, and I didn't do any research. Most of it before we perform, I do a lot of research and see who are we performing for and whatnot. But these were friends of ours that were inviting them. So I didn't need to do research on, uh, 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 which was uh, Robert Stevens, and uh, Mary, and she, both of them came down. And uh, so we just do what we do. I meet with people, and we, we just put on a little performance for them. And they were so impressed, had no idea. And I told them at lunch just about a month ago, I said, I, I will be honest with you. I know how to market. If I knew the Port Lord or the Pulitzer Prize winner and this famous composer was in the room, uh... I would have probably did some Hollywood, told the group, this is who it is. Now, we need to do this. The beauty of it is we were pure as gold, white as rice. What we gave was from the heart, mind, soul, and body. But we didn't know who we were performing for. And everybody did what they did from the heart. And it impressed this poor Lord. She's promoting us around the world. I literally was in Seoul, Korea, and looked and see she was marketing us in Australia. And you're going to like this one. I was actually videoing a lady from Australia when I looked on my phone and saw that we would be promoted in Australia. And I'm in Seoul, Korea. Okay? <laughs> so this is, it sounds weird like it's, I'm making any of this up. All of this is 100% true. And uh, it's amazing. It really is. Now, it's called It's a Small World, and you never uh, know who is in the room with you. It, that's true. You never and know. I'm glad I didn't market it, okay, because if we had yes. marketed it, it would have been too polished. Right, uh, right. But I confess to them that, you know, if I knew who you guys were, I would have tried to sell a ticket, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, one well, thing is for sure. I'm looking forward to whatever the Cincinnati Opera is pulling together. Yes. I'm, I'll be there, too. I think it's September, if I'm not mistaken. A close there, Bob. Of 2020? Yes, it's 20. We've been working on it ooh, two years now. Okay. okay. And 2020 All right. is, is the time. 2020. They showed bits of it when I was there. Uh, so now the full array of everything is going to be, I think it's September, but don't quote me on that. Okay, okay, well, that sounds like a um, podcast update. Uh, absolutely. Does. Sounds like we're going to be doing another one of these. Now, now, how are how are you all keeping the uh, ring shout and other aspects of the Geechee Gullah culture alive? Uh, your question was, how are we in other ways of keeping it alive? 
Yes, how are you spreading it on, things like that. For for example, the, the your group, could anyone become a, a shouter or is it you, you do a blood test and make sure they're, you know, 100% Geechee Gullah? How does that, how does that work? Uh, for us, uh, no. Because there's such an abundance of us where we live, uh, everybody in our group was birthed into the culture. Many by their plantation. I mean, one is Joanne Walltower Ross. She's from the Walltower Plantation. But they didn't abandon the name after they became free. So I feel privileged that they kept it, not knowing the significant later, fast forward 21st century. It's a Jew because I get a chance to announce that we have somebody from the uh, Walltower Plantation that's on stage right now. She's a descendant of those enslaved people. So we, 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 we give that education of it. So in 2006, I believe it was, um, um, it took an act of Congress, as we jokingly say, so they established the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage uh, Corridor and Heritage Area. So that helped propel from 2006 till now, our momentum has picked up tenfold. But the problem still was, I still remember being in Washington, D.C. in my congressman's office, and he said, well, Griffin, he knew we need to do more. And he said, well, here's my assistant. Tell me what you know, assistant, about Gullah Geechee. And she fumbled and tried to get some words out. And he said, Griffin, he called me by my first name. We were friends. And he said, Griffin, you see what I'm talking about? Nobody knows about it. So we have to get the word out so we as a group, along with the quarter and many, many others. I'm going to talk about the many others first. The many others, not just the Geechee Gullah Ring Shotters, but many other grassroots Gullah Geechee people. Uh, now we're promoting it like great. In the old days, uh, we didn't promote our own culture uh, because I tell the phrase everywhere I go, uh, they would say, boy, you're too Geechee. This is when I was living in Carnegie. <laughs> where you're from, Brenda. Right. Said, Boy, you're too geeky. You know how um, it's girt them talk, and uh, we all had that twine and yeah, and uh-huh, and different words that we use, like, yeah, come here, boy. That day, you know, that day. What do you mean, that day? That <laughs> we was, I would say that day, that's something you have in your hand, and I would say, uh, well, you know, give me what you have in your hand. But in the color geeky term, I would say, give me that day, because I'm pointing at it, but nobody knows that crazy stuff. So now, like we did the grassroots, we were doing it, promoting it grassroots, uh, because it's the culture, number one, but number two, we want it to be Main Street. So for eight years, the same Geechee Gallo Rickshotters, and I kid you not, for eight years, I performed, I worked with them as their manager, and I never got paid a dime. And we have did performances for a lot of different groups, and whenever Honorarium would come in, it never was a lot. It's a little bit higher now, but I would never take a dime. I was more interested in loving my culture now than I was when I was a child. I was taught to shant it. And guess who else that's a, a, a Geechee? You're going to like this one. Just as Geechee as I am, I had opportunity to work with him and met him uh, twice. And uh, and he is a very powerful person in America, and he did the same thing. He's about six years older than I am. I'm 65 years old, so I'm making about 71. Oh, you're young. And, yeah, and it was uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. You're kidding. And so, absolutely. You guys hit the computer as soon as I hang up. He's just as geese. Geechee, as I am, and you are too, Brenda. You got to start owning it now, too. Okay. Okay, I'm going to start owning it now. But both of you guys have to uh, uh, to own it, okay? Because you are from Gullah descent and Geechee descent. So yeah, Clarence Thomas, and uh, and uh, it was fascinating. And he talks more about it now, and he won't say the same words I say. He said, "Well, you got to know back then that wasn't popular." And he designed a way of listening rather than talking a lot. And if you follow his, his, he mostly don't 
talk a lot. That's true, yeah. In his briefing, he don't ask a lot of questions. I think he's still holding on, but he can speak very well now. Is that he did what I did. I tried to hide my accent. Uh, I tried to do things that, you know, didn't reflect my own culture. Now I'm a champion for it. And many others have adopted it now. Uh, and they're all over the world now because they live in different, you know, because you have children and people move. Right. So now they say, yeah, I'm a Geechee. Yes, I'm a Gullah. So we feel good. So we are promoting it now. It is when I'm tenfold, but I still would say we need to do more, a lot more. Now you talked about the um, a, a, a heritage corridor. What's, yes. What area does that cover? Oh, thank you. Uh, I think I have it right. My uh, colleagues would uh, blast that if I don't get it right. But I think it's Pinter, uh, North Carolina. It's the tip of North Carolina. And, uh, and it goes way down 30 miles. It's bigger than I-95, you know, for our area. And it goes all the way down to St. Augustine, Florida. Okay. 30 miles. And the reason for that, and I'm glad you said that because I would be remiss if I forgot to give the punchline, which is the real history. The reason why you have the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Quarter is a group of people that were brought down specifically for their special skills in rice, indigo, and cotton. Matter of fact, speaking of marketing, when they were marketing, bringing in the enslaved, just like on television, you have commercial, and you could find this online, that they would have their flyers back in the day showing that you have some prime Negroes, and that's what they called them pretty much back then. And, uh, and you would see West Africa, Sierra Leone area, or in that region in West Africa. And in that region there, Ghana and all of that, Liberia, and all of that area down there, they were specifically brought. And so we trade us to those plantations, and it's where we lived and died for generations. So the culture was birthed, and it was birthed out of slavery. Remember I said that earlier? The only yeah, culture right. that had its birth out of slavery. So that's why the uniqueness of it is our foodways, uh, for the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, to get their merit badges, we have to teach them and tell them about the peanut goobers or whatever they call them. Uh, that was brought over from those slave ships. We know about the okra and other different things that were brought over here. And we could handle the malaria better than our uh, buckras, which we call white folks. And, and we knew how to plant that rice, indigo, and cotton and survive in a little longer than our slave owners. By the way, they were, like, part-time uh, lived here because when the mosquitoes got bad, they would go upstate, and then they would come back. So we had a lot of freedom sometimes because there wasn't a lot of the white uh, plantation owners here. So that's that's a short history of where the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Quarter come from. Well, and they designated that. This is the only heritage area that's, Incorporated with live people. Isn't that fascinating? That's very the fascinating. Yeah. Now, is, uh, Niagara Falls is water, okay? <laughs> and all the other cultures here in this area, but ours is people. Now, um, um, this is all very uh, fascinating stuff, and we could be here for hours talking. But um, before we wrap up, what's, what is Gullah and what is Geechee? Actually, you caught me at a good time with that one, and I've been answering that for years, and <laughs> I'm only laughing. I wouldn't say I abandoned, I postponed. That's the nicest way to say it. I was writing the Gullah Geechee 101 book uh, many years ago, and I um, decided uh, to go ahead and do the Kumbaya because of the worldwide attention. And, of course, I had to slip in the Gullah Geechee in the book because it's that the guy that sung it was Gullah Geechee. So having to say that one, um, I like to do what Lorenzo Dow Turner, they call him the first African-American linguist. He did all of the research long before it was popular. And the name of his book uh, is the Gullah. 
And, uh, and I have an original copy of that. I love getting first edition. And he says something in chapter 1, page 1, first paragraph. I'm giving a long answer to what it is. And he simply said about the culture, writing all the research he did for many a year in Africa and in America, okay, on the Gullah Quarter, before it was called the Gullah Quarter. Lorenzo Dow Turner said, well, Gullah, also known as Geechee. Now, a lot of people <laughs> online are going to give all kinds of answers. I'm going with the expert and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, so, Brenda, I keep saying your name first because I, I don't want to say the, the other host's name wrong. And in my head, I got two names, so give me your first name again. Oh, it's David. <laughs> David, okay, that's easy enough, David, David. That's why I wasn't calling your name during the broadcast. I said, I said, David, uh, is it George? <laughs> okay, <laughs> David. And you speak of your Geechee. Because if you listen to some of the historian that's non-Gullah Geechee, and experts that are non-Gullah Geechis, you're going to hear this phrase. Well, the Geechis are from Georgia, and the Gullahs are from South Carolina. And, uh, David, you will find out very quickly you helped solve the puzzle. The only term you knew in South Carolina was Geechee. If you want to know something about a Geechee and something about a Gullah, why don't you ask them? And that's but history books, uh, they didn't talk to the Gullahs and Geechee. Maybe because they couldn't understand them speaking, okay, in their dialect. That probably, that probably had, had something exactly. to do with it. Exactly. I think that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and guess what? Uh, for me, uh, the only term I ever knew of until I became a, an adult, matter of fact, I probably, yeah, full adult, because I had lived in Washington, D.C., and I moved back home. And I had what we call churn, and Brenda might be familiar with that one. A yep. churn is children. Yeah, I know what churn are. Churn. Yeah, churn. So I was I was churn. a churn for a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know what I'm talking about. That's what our parents said, and our neighbors. How are your churn doing? How are your children doing? So all I knew was Gucci. It's quite fascinating. I knew nothing about Gullah. And in Harris Neck, I heard Wilson Moran in the same county. So just to show you how isolated we were, so that's how the culture was birthed. We didn't go to bigger cities. We probably lived and died on those plantations. and may have traveled 10 miles out of our own community uh, in our uh, lifetime. And uh, so you, the culture just grew because of, well, naturally, everybody had to learn to communicate, okay, from different tribes. So Wilson said the only thing he could remember was Gullah. So the myth of the Geechee's are from Georgia and the Gullah's are from South Carolina. We got three people on the phone. No, that's not true. But they talked to outside people that wrote books and talked to the people that lived it, and we lived it. And all of the great people that my mentors, Dr. Emery Camel, I call him the Godfather, and he gives his story of that because we are Gullah Geechee. Clarence Thomas was all he knew was Geechee, simple as that. And do you know what his nickname is? No, no what's that? Yeah. Okay, you're gonna love this one. And uh, David, the next time you see Justice Clarence Thomas, I want you to do this. I want you to holler this out. Ooh, Brittany, you're gonna love this one. You're gonna love this one. Uh, you really are. And I tell them, when you see Clarence Thomas, and he's in the room, and the cameras are there, and Secret Service is with him, because when I met him, he had Secret Service with him. And I was intimidated at first until once he found out I was uh, a Geechee, uh, he welcomed me, and we talked a lot, which I was like, don't shoot me, okay? But the room is full, and he's in there. I want to, uh, 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 I tell my white friends this mostly, I want you to holler out, you know, as loud as you can, say, hey, boy. And see who would turn around. Oh, my goodness. Figure the rest of that one out on this podcast uh, because you can relate to that, can't you? Yes. Can relate. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll give Brittany, she may not want to say it, but Brittany's brother, Johnny, for decades 
uh, all of us, the only name we knew was Boyd because that was his, what we call nickname, but from the Gullah Geechee culture from Africa, uh, it is called basket names. And when children are born, they're given names. And when they get a little bit older, they're given names. My brother Norman was called Pagata. Okay? Stanley, my younger brother Stanley was called Uncle Remus. My sister Carol was called Put. We, in our community, almost, especially when individuals uh, uh, are going on to glory, we finally find out what their names are because all we know is the basket name. Everybody calls them. So when you see Clarence Thomas, holler out boy, and I say that jokingly, of course, <laughs> uh, but that he would answer because that was his community name, and uh, he is not that much uh, older than your brother. Uh, uh, my dear friend, which the Lord is called, and uh, but uh, that's his that's his name, that's his nickname, that's his basket name. Oh wow! So, true story. That, <laughs> that I can definitely appreciate that one. <laughs> Absolutely. You probably knew his name. What did you call your brother, Brenda? What did you call your brother? Boy. <laughs> that's what we called him. Did you say Johnny or you called him Boy? Boy. I can't remember. We called him Boy. <laughs> I know. We yeah. very rarely called him Johnny. Always called him Boy This, Boy That. I never and, call him uh, Johnny, and I'm 65 years old, ever in life. <laughs> and again, I very rarely called him Johnny, but to his face, I always called him Boy, because that's what everybody else called him, so that's what I called him. And Clarence Thomas' hometown is about the size of where you and I grew up. That's what they call him, boy. Of course, you know, he laughed it off, but, you know, you'll be a fool to call him boy. (laughs) 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 But the interesting thing is the answer. Yes, absolutely. They They turn around when you say that word because that was their name. That was it. And there was nothing derogatory. It's a small world, as you say. Yeah, it's a small world, and there was nothing derogatory about it. Oh, no. No, no, no. Not even close. Oh, yeah. Uh, We know that. But other people (laughs) that might hear us say it, they might think we're trying to um, say something derogatory. But, no, that's part of the culture. And and, and, and that reminds me of the culture, because I've got some Gucci this. I'm talking more natural because we're talking about the subject of, uh, I still try to hide in your image with, with Mama, and when I'm really talking to uh, Pacific groups, because I served on, I'm the vice chair of the entire federal government commission. How did I get that? That's amazing to me. But when I'm in large crowds with different crowds, I try to polish. I'm not trying to polish anything for this podcast, okay? And uh, it, 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 it's just amazing there because when you in your circle, as you say it, you go back to your original dialect. When you're out of your circle, not that you're ashamed of it, especially me now, I try to speak better. I really do try, because some people don't know exactly what I'm saying. And uh, so I try to speak a little bit better. And it always tickled me in certain communities where we live, people would say, I don't understand them folks. What are they saying? Like, Can you tell me what they say? Yeah, I can tell you what they say, but they still keep it because that's their community, and they're not changing for anybody. And good for them. Exactly, that's the way it should be. So we definitely appreciate Griffin, um, you spending time with us on on our podcast. And um, as Brenda said, we will um, absolutely do a follow up when the opera comes out. If not oh, yeah. uh, ahead of time. So again, thanks for for sharing. And where would um, people be able to find out more information, like a website or email address, if yeah. they want to get in touch with the group? Yeah, the easiest way to find us is, uh, is you can go online and, and just type in Geechee Gullah Ring Shouters. And even if you put in Ring Shouters, we're going to pop up because we're you know one of the few groups in, in the world that carry on this tradition. I always give homage to the Sea Island Singers, the Mackinac County Shouters, and the Geechee Gullah Ring Shouters. And in that order uh, is when 
start doing it as a cultural art performance. So just type in Geechee Geller Ring Shouters. Well, if you put in Ring Shouters, I guarantee you we're going to show up on some website that everybody that puts something out there, that's how you find it. So we do have a website, GeecheeGellerRingShouters.com. GeecheeGellerRingShouters.com. Do you have an email address by chance? Yes. <laughs> we keep it simple, too. It is the Geechee Geller Ring Shouters at gmail.com. Geechee Geller Ring Shouters at gmail.com. Oh, can't that, get any easier exactly. than that. Exactly. That makes it nice and easy. Thanks again, Griffin, for, for your time here. Much success with everything else you're going to be doing, research and otherwise, and we will absolutely keep in touch. Obviously, you, if that's yeah. going to happen well, naturally anyway. Well, <laughs> continue to keep in touch, and I'll be looking forward to um, the book coming out and, um, and, and reading more about the infamous song that started in Darien, Georgia. Wow. Thank you, David. David, David, I have to say three times. Catch up, man. Thank you, Oh, thank you again. And, and be sure and tell folks hello. Back in yes. uh, McIntosh County. Yes, and thank you, too. Well, we could have talked to Griffin all day long. Oh, yeah, we definitely could have spoken with him for um, hours. And we definitely are going to have to do a follow-up. But to um, kind of like uh, wrap up our conversation, why don't we play a little bit of the Geechee Gullah Ring Shouters. feedback to this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com Well, David, we could have gone on for even longer talking with Griffin about the Geechee Gullah Ring Shouters and their culture and heritage that they are preserving. But this edition of This and That had to come to a close but we'll have to go back and talk with Griffin and other members of the um, Ring Shouters at a later date. This is just, I would say, what will end up becoming part one. And at some future date, we will do part two, as we talked about in the interview. So if we whet your appetite for more of our culture and heritage conversations, then send us an email and let us know what you thought of this edition of our podcast. And if you have any suggestions or comments of other topics that you would like for us to consider. Right, yes. And not just culture and heritage, but, you know, um, topics for the tech edition, law and justice, and on and on. So any kind of uh, suggestion, idea, feedback, send us an email. This and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com is the email address. Again, where you find our podcast, you can, of course, subscribe to that, send us a, uh, leave us a comment, and so on. Uh, we read all the comments that we get, and, as well as listen to all the audio comments that we get, and uh, incorporate, learn, act upon those accordingly. Exactly. And what we'd like to say that we do here at This and That is we like to inform, inspire, and impact. And that is uh, all summed up in the phrase we like to use of infotainment. We like to convey real information and facts, 
but do it in a way so that it's not completely dry and your eyes glaze over and you go on and do something else. Well, I don't think anybody's eyes were glazing over no, today. No, no, So let's just call it a day and um, get ready for our next edition. So until the next time, all the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.